Neil Brown just has that it factor, I believe. He's bought into the program. Everybody in the Big 12 is going to know his name, and all the quarterbacks are going to feel his pain. That underdog mentality has always been big for West Virginia. We're just heartbroken that we were not good at our jobs. He is the modern-day Don Nealon. Trust the climb. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. Mountaineer Nation, welcome to another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. Uh, I'll be your host again today, filling in for Jordan Cruz. My name is Stephen Vestal. As always, I'm joined by the majestic Bradley Brown. How you doing, Bradley? How's it going? All right, today we're going to be going over the uh, the Baylor Bears and the uh, the matchup that West Virginia has this weekend with them down in Waco. Uh, a noon cu- noon kickoff for us and eleven o'clock kickoff for those guys down there. Um, they apparently have sold this game out because apparently they're pretty excited to play the Mountaineers. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence about this one. Uh, they've you know on on paper these kind of te- these two teams are evenly matched. Um, give me your opening thoughts on what you think about the Baylor Bears and how do you think Mountaineers, the Mountaineers will fare against these guys this weekend? Yeah, so it's definitely been a little bit busier week for us, as you guys can see Jordan's not here. So we've all had a pretty busy week trying to get this out later than what we usually do. Hmm. Uh, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Um, so going through and looking at Baylor, because I haven't really kept up with them that much. To be honest, they're about in the same situation that we are. A lot of people are comparing us in the exact same kind of way. Uh, Baylor's got a really un... Uh, unproven quarterback back there. Their offense is a little bit more explosive than ours. They're definitely having bigger explosive plays than we are. Their defense is pretty good in the Big 12 right now. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be a test, and I think it's going to be a good testament of, you know, do we rebound from last week? Is our uh, team going to have their head on straight with this weekend? We haven't really seen uh, WVU uh, excel on the road under Neil Brown so far, so this would be a really good win if he goes down to Waco and gets a win in a sold-out crowd. So there's going to be a lot of things to look forward to this game, and hopefully, you know, we come out with a win. Yeah, I'm like you. I think these teams are really evenly matched. Um, obviously, Baylor has has done a little bit better on offense, uh, just I think, you know, judging by the competition that they've played, but they've also played uh, pretty good offense for, I think it was three drives against Iowa State, and then their offense sputtered for for like the, the rest of the game and in, into the next game. Uh, so so they're going through some offensive woes, well, um, offensive woes as well. And Gary Bohannon, like you said, he's un, not as proven as a lot of the other quarterbacks in the Big 12 right now. Um, I do think that he can throw it a little bit better than Jared Deggie. Um, with everything, you know, taken into account, I do think that this, like every other game that West Virginia's played so far, uh, will be a defensive ball game. Um, and, I, and you know, looking back at the last two matchups between these two schools, you know, two years ago it was a um, – I think it was 14 to – I think it was 14-14 heading into triple overtime or double overtime, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then last year, of course, West Virginia pulls out um, – the win 17 to 14, I think it was. Uh, so, you know, you got under 20 by both teams in each of the last two years. And that's when you didn't have good defense or wasn't supposed to have good defense in a big 12 conference. Uh, so I, I don't think that this year is going to be any different. I think this will be a very, very defensive game because I don't think either offense is going to come out and show you anything more than what they've already shown you this year, given the, you know, how respected both of these defenses are so far throughout this season. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, outside of, you know, Texas and maybe Iowa State, I don't think we're going to see very many uh, offensive games 
in West Virginia's future in general. I think if we're going to be still relying on our defense pretty heavily throughout the rest of the year, um, unless our offense can get their line sorted out. And uh, I think if we can get the line figured out, then we'll have a little bit better offense going forward. I'm definitely getting behind that motive now. I'm going to stop harping on the quarterbacks as much and the running backs because I think that uh, if our offense isn't moving, I definitely think it's going to – it's the offensive line. I think that they're just struggling to keep consistency and stuff right now, which I think every game they're going to look a little bit better. I think their communication and their game playing together is going to start looking better. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a, a defensive battle. And I mean, coming and looking at it, just going through some stats here, Baylor's one of the better defenses against uh, passing in the, uh, in the big 12. They're not as good against the rush, um, but their running is really good and they don't really rely on their passing as much. I'd say they're like one of the lower passing offenses in the big 12. Mm. So I think that bodes well for us trying to, uh, you know, that's where we're strong at and run defense. You know, we're one of the better schools in rush defense in the Big 12. We're in the top three right now. So it's definitely going to be a battle between, you know, is our passing game going to be able to get repping going? Or are we going to be able to push that offensive line and then get production on the offensive side of the ball and hope that our defense can really stifle their big plays? Yeah, I think so too. And I think, um, like you said, you know, we, we the running game on their side is really a big factor for us. I think, you know, Abraham Smith has been playing at a high volume when they do play well on offense. So I think that is, you know, I, t- I said that Gary Bohannon threw the ball well. Um, he hasn't threw the ball well, or hasn't threw the ball that much, I should say. But when he does throw the ball, he does throw it well. But um, when they've got their offense going, it seems like Abraham Smith is the guy that, you know, that gets it going for them and really, you know, picks up the motivation and and around those guys, I guess you could say. So if West Virginia's defensive line can hold those guys into account, then then I think West Virginia could be, um, you know, able to to hold them down where we I guess our offense could score a little bit more. Uh, but I, I, you know, I think I'm like you. I think this offensive line for West Virginia really has to come together. I, I, I'm not really sure what it is at this point. Um, you know, listening to Neil Brown's press conference on Tuesday, he said that Zach Frazier has been the most consistent player on the entire offense. And, um, you know, I know that he's had some woe, maybe one woe, really, that you can really think of in, in, you know, the bad snap at Oklahoma. But it's really kind of funny to think that the most consistent player on our offense has been on our offensive line, but yet our offensive line as a whole can't gel together and get it and, you know, get it figured out. And I don't – I'm honestly not really sure what it's going to take. Like I said last – week on the reaction show, I think that um I think that Doug Nestor is probably dealing with a little bit of injury problems with his wrist and that could have an issue. But in the same token, we're gonna have to have a guy that's gonna be able to come in and fill that spot if that's the case. If you're not gonna be able to hold your man, then you know you're not gonna be able to play that position at that time. So you know, West yeah. Virginia's really gonna have to get it together, especially on the right side of the line for me, um, more so than the left side of the line. If they have any hopes of getting any kind of offensive prowess going in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I mean, we saw Jordan White come in and, you know, get some snaps over Doug Nestor in the second half there uh, last weekend. And I think that's when we started seeing our offense gel a little bit more. We got a little bit better protection. And when Dagey could stand back there, Dagey was making good throws. And, I mean, he was connecting with it. You look at it 70% or sixty high 60%, you know, in the game that weekend. Like, that's not bad. That's not – that's really what you're looking for in your quarterback. And so, you know, I think that throughout this time, it, it really excites me that the best – lineman that we got right now is our center because I think that that just bodes well for our communication going forward that you know as he gets more and more solid in his calling out then the line can kind of like fall in behind him you know as a real captain and the leader of our offensive line you know he's a sophomore it's kind of hard for him to step in that role 
uh, being so young, but I think he's doing a great job at it. So I think that's definitely one of those things where we're going to see improvement in the weeks to come uh, right there. And if not, I think Matt Moore needs to find, we need to find somebody to replace Matt Moore. I mean, if you got this amount of talent and you're getting depth there, but you just can't, you know, we're seeing a lot of false starts and stuff like that in our offensive line. I mean, a lot of our penalties are coming from our offensive line. Yeah, I've brought it up several times in the past couple of, you know, couple of shows, you know, how discipline I think is the main factor for this offense. I, I really do think that that is the biggest thing that we need to work on is, the, is those little tiny details like that. Um, but I also, I do believe that, you know, like you said, Zach Frayers are being so young right now and playing that type of position and playing so well. That, that can only be a positive moving forward for West Virginia because that, to me, is the most off, uh, p- most important position on the offensive line because everything starts with the center. You know, the play doesn't yeah. start until the center saps the ball. And for sure. Then, so if and he's playing in high volume, the, you just fill out around him. Yeah, and I want to go back to the point that I made a couple weeks ago. Like, I often, like, overlook this team because I – and I think uh, Zach Shuler was talking about it in one of his uh, posts, and it just, I want to reiterate that from what I said a couple weeks ago, is that you take Jared Dagey, Letty Brown, Isaiah Esdell, and Sean Ryan out of this offense, and all of our guys are still sophomores. I mean, there's a couple juniors in there, but our whole entire offensive line, I think, is a junior or younger. Our uh, Winston Wright, junior, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of – Sam James, junior. I mean, I mean, even sophomore at that, if you want to consider, you know, I forget about how that COVID year affects people and stuff like that. But our offense is still really young. And, I mean, this is a team that really got gypped out of a, a, a full season last year, you know, a whole entire uh, normal season. And, like, I forget that sometimes because I've seen these guys for so many years. I just expect them to be, you know, better and better and better every year, which I think they have gotten better. But I expect them to right. be – you know, something not necessarily that they're not. They're still young guys working it out and figuring out our offense. And so, you know, I think that, that that's that's why I think we've seen progression from week to week and then, you know, took a step back last week where we really should have won that game. We came out flat. And I'm still going to chalk up that loss that I think we just came out with our heads still stuck in Norman and then we came out the second half. And I think we played some of the better ball that we've seen WVU play in the second half. And uh, I, I hope that they really embrace that. And if we can see them come out with that same kind of energy in the first half this weekend, I think that we'll do well. And I know I've been focusing a lot on second half offense this season because it just hasn't been there. But I think that, you know, a real crucial part to our offense this weekend is going to be getting out to a hot start. You know, if you come out there gun slinging and you can get the offense moving, then I think that we finally proven that, you know, we can score in the second half if we want to. You know, we just can't get down 17 points in the first half and try to come back and win in that perspective. Right. And, you know, Neil Brown touched on that. And, you know, he doesn't understand, you know, and I'm I'm right there with him. How do you how you don't get up for, you know, one game a week? And, you know, whether it was they still had their heads stuck in Norman, whether, you know, they just didn't get enough motivation to play this game, whatever it may be. Uh, West Virginia did show that they it wasn't necessarily that they couldn't score points in the second half. I think they showed that they can't play in both both halves or haven't to this point. Um, I think that if West Virginia can play on a more consistent basis throughout the football game instead of just a one-half football game or a one-quarter football game, uh, then this team is going to look a whole lot different moving forward. I, I, like I said, I think I, they're, they're right there of being, you know, right there with Baylor's record, and we've touched on that a bunch. But to say that is one thing, to be there is another. And how many times do we do that on this show when we go over what-if scenarios and if West Virginia would have done this differently, then they would have been, you know, undefeated right here. Well, you know, that's the reason teams aren't 
undefeated is because they make those mistakes and those decisions and they come out on the opposite end of the win in those football games. Uh, and then, you know, and not only the offense, I think, needs work. I think, dare I say, Neil Brown needs a little bit of work on how he how he manages a football game. You know, I said time management last week, but in another account, and another thing that he talked about on Tuesday was the fact that he called the timeout when he ran Garrett Green in on our, you know, on that, on the specific draw that I'm talking about was I think the first time we were in the red zone or the second time maybe, and he ran Garrett Green in there, and as soon as Garrett Green comes in there, they try to draw him off sides, and then they call timeout. And the reason for yeah. that was apparently Neil Brown had called the wrong play. He called a play for Deggy instead of calling the Garrett Green play, so it was on him, and they had to take the timeout. And, you know, as the head coach, I, you know, I get it. Not everybody's perfect. People are going to make mistakes. But in those situations, you have to know what's – you've got to be there. you got to be down on earth. You know, you got to be focused. And I don't yeah. think that anybody from the players to the coaches were focused in the first half of that football game last week. And I think, you know, going into this game and especially um, the next couple of weeks, you know, you're going to be facing Oklahoma State, Iowa State, you know, some of the better teams in the, in the Big 12 Conference. There's not just Oklahoma. You know, West Virginia's going to have to figure that stuff out if they plan on winning football games. And, uh, you know, I don't – I don't necessarily think that they won't get it figured out, but I'm not so confident that they will get it figured out because I figured, you know, after week one, week two, week three, the, you know, the, the things that we were seeing that we weren't happy with were just little things and they would be, they would be corrected by now, but you know, we're still seeing them and not really getting any better. I wouldn't say that they're getting much worse, but they're staying stagnant and they're not getting much better. And that's, that's a problem if you're West Virginia. For sure. And I mean, there's certain levels that you can forgive mistakes. You know, you can forgive a freshman because he's a freshman. You can forgive a player because he's a player. You can forgive, you know, an assistant because they're an assistant. But you get up to the head coach, right. like those kind of mistakes are a little bit less forgivable. I mean, you're a guy that's, you know, expected to almost be perfect. When you come out and preach how your margin of error is so small, you mm-hmm. know, that you guys got, got to play, you know, an almost perfect game in order to win some of these big games. And you're not adhering to that same thing yourself. You know, you're just – messing up and i mean that's you know you can try to shake it off as you know i you know i got two playbooks i'm trying to run two quarterbacks but you know you can't be making those kind of mistakes and you know you hit the nail on the head and you're saying you know you, we we saw these same mistakes earlier in the year and we were like oh well that'll get cleaned up you know after a couple of games and now we're five games in and it's cost us i mean it's absolutely cost us yeah and i think it's going to only continue to cost west virginia unless they can clean that up a little bit and getting into big 12 play it doesn't seem like it's getting any better uh, yeah. So what do you think is the key for our offense to get going this weekend? Like, what do you think, what's going to, what's going to be a carrier offense? If we, if we come out and can, can get things rolling with our offense, what do you think it's going to look like? I think the key to our offense is um, playing well is, you know, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I do, I, I believe that it's strictly on the offensive line. If our offensive line on the right side can get, you know, tuned up and more disciplined, I think Letty Brown can, it'll open things up for him a lot more, especially on the inside zone runs that we want to run and if we can get that going that'll only open up those um those over the middle passes and then we'll, you know maybe even eventually we can try to throw it deep and get some of those guys open because i do believe that our receivers are getting open you know we, we've seen these receivers even on the bad throws that we've seen from deggy at times there was the receivers are wide open they got nothing but green in front of them uh, yeah. so i think if our offensive line can get it tuned up and just hold you know hold the defensive line into account for just enough time to get rid of the ball or, you know, create 
just a, a big enough gap for Letty to get through there, then, you know, I, the sky's the limit for this offense. But they just have to – I just – oh, man. There's so many different things that I could sit here and point out, like that could be different and that could be different and that could be different. But, you know, a lot of it I do believe is due to youth. But a lot of it I'm, I'm just not a fan of Matt Moore's play calling or Neil, Neil Brown's play calling. I'm not really sure who it is at this point. But you know, I think we are too conservative on offense. I, that's what I do believe. I think we we should have more flashy plays in our playbook, um, a lot more jet sweeps and into round plays. Uh, but we just don't see that. And I think that we're not going to see that. I'm pretty sure that Neil Brown has made it a point that they're going to be playing conservative ball all year long because it's you know their way of protecting the football, I guess, because they don't trust Jared Deggie's arm, I don't believe. I think they think he's a good quarterback. I think I do believe that Neil Brown believes in Jared Deggie. But I also don't I don't think that he believes in him to turn him loose to like, you know, let him throw it fifty times a game downfield. Um I I still think it the offense needs to run through Letty. But like I said, the offensive line needs to needs to get it together in order for that to happen because Letty can only do so much by himself. Yeah, and they'll say that, you know, Letty Brown's not hitting the right holes as well as he's not seeing the field as well as he should be seeing the field right now. And, you know, maybe a little bit better offensive line play. I th- without a doubt, offensive line is just is crucial, and I think that um, we're never going to get our offense going without it. But I something I really liked last. I like I said, I think Jared Daggy played a hell of a second half last weekend. And you know, I was talking to you, I think in the reaction show or maybe post reaction show about I wonder what happened in the half, to, like during halftime, to get Daggy to come out and play like that. Because I was like, that's definitely the most confident I've seen Daggy come out and play. Apparently, it was and, him. Yeah, and apparently it was him. And I mean, that shows a lot. You know, the guy. Going back to the summer, and I mean, if you guys have been listening, you've heard me talk about it too many times. Is like mm-hmm. those those leadership charts, you know, those those responsibility, those accountability teams, and you know, when you're down like that and you need somebody to step up, that's the man you want stepping up. And it means a lot to me that you know, being on the fence between Garrett Green and Daggy for the past couple of weeks, as I I think Daggy might come out and play one of his better games this weekend. I mean, I really think you know, if our offensive line can get get him any amount of time, I think that we're going to start seeing him connect sometimes on or connect more this weekend with his wide receivers on those deeper routes and stuff like that. And I think it's, and I'm, I, if he does that weekend, I'm going to, I'm going to point back to that as you know, he, he finally took that moment to be like, Hey, this has got to be my team. If nobody's going to do this for us, nobody's going to do this for me. Nobody's going to come out here and save me. Nobody's going to come out here and, you know, lead this team if I don't do it. Yeah. I and think so, too, I think too, it's, you know, it also speaks volumes to me because, you know, virtually everyone in the Mountaineer fan base is against Jared Deggie at this point in time. They don't, you yeah. know, no one likes him as the starter. Pretty much everyone. Not Throwing everyone, the season away, you know, hey, it's two and three, just see what green can do, you know, screw it. It's a, it's a lost year, throw it. Right, you know. right. So everyone is against Jared Deggie right now. For a kid that could feel like the entire world is against you and you come out and you become the leader and you're the voice of how this team gets up and gets motivated for the second half of that football game, that it speaks volumes to me of how good of a leader this kid is. And that's, yeah, I mean, to get booed and then, you know, get your backup chanted right. and then to come out and play a hell of a second half. I mean, truly, you know, he could have easily crumpled. He could have easily put his head between it, you know, put his head in his hands and, you know, hey, it's whatever. These people don't even like me. It's my senior year. I'll just, you know, walk out. They want to play Garrett Green. They can play Garrett Green. You know, they put me in. I'll go in there, throw the ball a little bit, hand it off to Letty Brown every play. And, you know, I'll, I'll walk out of here, you know, 
and nobody will ever remember the name Diggy. But to turn around and be like, hey, like I, I want to win this game. I care about this team. I care about the way we perform. It says a lot to me. And, I mean, it's 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 kind of pulled me away from Garrett Green some because I looking at this team, you know, I talked about, you know, our quarterback needs to hit factor, and that's part of it right there. I mean, that's that's the first time I've, like, felt that from him. I'm like, he, he gets it. You know, he, he gets that if you, if we want a successful season, then it's got to start with him. And it it felt like that was the first time I ever felt like Deggy finally like grabbed the reins and said, hey, I'm here and I'm going to like buy into you guys. I'm just going to go out there and sell the ball. I mean, he was making those throws. And I mean, I think those are throws that he was typically uncomfortable with because I think Deggy's so afraid to, afraid to throw an interception sometimes or throw it into like tough coverage or just like give his wide receivers a shot because – it's going to come back on him. I think he just was finally like, "Hey, like I'm, I'm gonna go out here. I'm gonna throw this ball, and we'll see what happens." And our wide receivers made work of it. I mean, they're not dropping the balls nearly as much when he had time. I mean, he was putting it in a place where they could catch it. He threw a little bit outside on Letty Brown there at the end. You know that he could have brought in a little bit, mm-hmm. but that was you know a, a a big crucial down, and it's a lot of nerves to you. You know, he's probably feeling it. But okay. he comes in this weekend, you know, a little bit less less nervous probably because you know. You're not at home. You can like get away from the booze of your own fans a little bit. But it, it if we win this weekend, and I think that, like I said, I could see Jerry Diggy coming out and having one of his better games. I think that I'm gonna look at that and like be like, that's why. And you know, if he does, then I, I'm bought in again. Like I, not in so like you know, our team's gonna go ten and two, like I said in the preseason prediction. But you know, our team's gonna come out here and play. Like where I think we're gonna be over the hump of not not wanting to win. I think we're going to start going from trying not to lose to wanting to win. Well, I sure hope so. But um, looking at, you know, speaking of Jared Deggy and, you know, we've mentioned this Baylor defense and how good that they've played up to this point. Um, I do want to ask you, how do you think West Virginia, or, you know, Jared Deggy specifically, I should say, uh, will do against this defense? Because, you know, last week they played Oklahoma State and Spencer Sanders obviously hasn't been playing to the level of what he played up to last year. Uh, but overall, I think Oklahoma State's been playing pretty good football up to this point. Um, and they picked Spencer Sander off, I think, three, maybe even four times last week. So this defense isn't nothing to fool with in the in the secondary. Um, and they also have a pretty good uh, defensive line as well. And, you know, they return Terrell uh, Bernard this season after, having him, after losing him last season to Iowa State. I'm pretty sure he's their top defensive player coming back um, at middle linebacker. Uh, so how do you think West Virginia – or like I said, Jared Deggy specifically uh, will do this weekend against them because I think it's going to be important for him to see better defenses moving forward if he expects to progress as a player and, you know, for this offense. Well, I would even say that he's seen some damn good defenses so far. I mean, Oklahoma's defense, yeah, Oklahoma's defense, no slack. Virginia Tech defense, you know, not not a high school team, you know. so I think that, you know, Deggy's going to go into this with the same expectations he's had pretty much every weekend. And I think that Deggy specifically, because I don't think we're going to see as much Garrett Green this weekend. I think we might see Garrett Green do between four to ten plays. I think that anything more than that would surprise me. I really do. I think that anything – I think four or five plays, honestly, is where I'm going to put it at. But I could see it getting up to as much as ten, you know, if we get in there and he gets rolling on a drive or two or something like that. And he just makes more sense to keep him in for those plays. But I think that – like I said, I'm I'm gonna bank on it, and I'm gonna go with the perspective of I think that Deggy's gonna come out with a little bit more confidence this weekend, even though we lost last weekend. I think he's gonna come out with a little bit more confidence this weekend, and I at least I you know, and so I think that he's gonna handle this defense. I think he's seen tough defenses, and I think he's if he can 
build upon what he was going with, then I think that he's up to the challenge. And I don't think that seeing another stout defense is going to scare him. I really yeah. don't. I'm a lot like you. Like um, like you said, they've seen a lot, plenty of good defenses up to this point, and I wouldn't argue that at all. I think um, you know the defenses that he has faced have not been you know anything to bat your eye at. So um, you know this this Baylor defense may be a little bit better than than some of the ones we've played, barring maybe Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's defense is pr- probably a little bit better than this Baylor defense. But yeah, but I, I mean do they're leading the Big West Twelve Virginia. in interceptions. Yeah, I mean their defense is no slack. Yeah, oh, no, not at all. Uh, but I do think that West Virginia maybe try to offset the uh, the offset the passing game a little bit, or the you know to try to cont- take care of the ball, I should say, and and try to run the offense more so through Letty than what they have been. And you know, I, we've been hearing all season that they're going to run the offense through Letty Brown, but have yet to do so. Uh, but I think this might be a game that you see that with the defensive front, the way that it is for Baylor, and the way that they've been playing. I think West Virginia needs to. I don't think they need to play conservative the way that they did against Oklahoma and chew the clock like that. I think we, you know, we don't need to control the time of possession as much as we did in that game. But I do think West Virginia do, you know, needs to. They need to score when they have the ball. They don't need to go with the empty possessions in any quarter. I, you know what I mean? I don't. I don't think we yeah. should go a quarter without scoring points. I should say. Because West Virginia, I think that's, like I've said, I think West Virginia just needs to play a full game of football and we'll be a pretty good football team. We're not the best offense in the country. We're not the best defense in the country. But the defense might be there one day. Uh, But, you know. Yeah, and I think it's also going to like, you know, Baylor gets turnovers and it's like, how do you respond to that? You know, you turn the ball over, can't crumble. You know, you can't can't turn around and throw two more in the same game because you threw one. So that's going to be big too. I mean, you start seeing turnovers, and then that's going to be a real ugly game. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess one positive in that token is when Baylor does get turnovers, they can't score the ball with those turnovers because their offense can't score the ball. But yeah, but, you know, yeah, West Virginia yeah. does need to win the turnover battle this weekend. And I think it would be good for West Virginia's defense to show that they can get turnovers as well. I don't think you know as well as this defense has played this season, we haven't really seen a whole lot of turnovers. Uh, you know, and a whole not really a whole lot of scoring from our defense either i think it would be nice to see a pick six or two or or something like that I thought that's probably a lot to ask and, and wistful thinking but. <laughs> a little bit and i mean and also the tokens we've talked a lot about the offense we could talk about the defense um um you know baylor's offense has been struggling like you said i mean mm-hmm. they they're pretty much the same as us good defense and then the offense just absolutely struggles to move the ball down the field and i think that comes down to their quarterback so i mean if I'm looking at our defense versus their offense, then it's going to be – I think it's going to be our bread and butter that's going to – you know, if, if we win the game through defense, it's going to be our defensive line because that just seems to be uh, what's saving us right now. And um, Baylor seems like they're going to want to run the ball more. Like they, uh, they're they second in the Big 12 and running and way down seventh in passing. So they're definitely going to come out and try to run the ball more on us, which bodes well for our defense. And I think that's going to have to come back, you know, our linebackers are going to have to play super tight and physical ball. Our defensive line is going to have to get penetration. And, you know, we've seen our defensive backs play. Daryl Porter Jr. has been playing really well. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he came out from, you know, that first game looking a little bit rough, and he's looked really good the last couple of games. Yeah. I think the only the only part, person that I can really have anything against on our defense so far this year, and he hasn't really played that bad, is uh, Sean Mahone. And, you know, he's he's the one that's really given up the most big plays. 
but even him, you know, he's came around and, and started to play a lot better in that secondary and, and show what that he has the skill to be out there too. Because for a little while I was like, man, this guy's a liability. He's getting burned every single time. Yeah. Uh, but looking back last week against Texas Tech, especially in the second half when West Virginia really kind of showed that they were, you know, in the ball game and had their heads there. You know, I, I think he made some really good defensive plays on that back end, and he also, you know, had a few swatted balls as well. So, you know, as much as this secondary doesn't get respected at times, I believe, I think they're starting to. Um, and, I, you know, I think that before too long, I think it's going to flop, and this whole conference is just going to be known as nothing but defenses with the way that it's looking. Um, but with that said, you know, we went over our – X factor for our offense. What do you think our X factor for our defense is going to be, you know, to stop their offense? Yeah. So this is the first time I'm going to look at, like I said, it's, it's going to be on our defensive line to play up to their standard. If we want any kind of chance in this game, but on that same token, I think that our linebackers are going to be the the place to keep an eye on, because if you got a team that's like to rush for a lot, you need linebackers that are able to hit holes and hit holes hard. You don't really want yeah. your uh, defensive backs up there making you know, tackles seven yards in on a Russian attack, you know. So I think our linebackers are going to have to play disciplined football and not get caught looking and, you know, uh, play fast, play physical, you know. We're really high up in the Big 12 in tackles for loss. I think we got to keep that rolling. I think yeah. that that's a statistic we need to keep just absolutely pounding on and just keep getting in the backfield and disrupting them because when you're looking at second and 15 or third and 12, it's a lot better than, you know, second and seven or third and – Third and three, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the defensive line has got to be my X factor, too, because, you know, if you look at Baylor and the way they run the ball, they like to do a lot of inside zone, just like West Virginia wants to do. Um, and so I think Akeem Mesidor, uh, Josh Chandler, Samito, and those guys, you know, that fill in that in that inside part of the line on those inside run schemes, they're going to have, you know, they're going to have to come to play and put their hat on the ball and, you know, really kind of stop that Baylor, you know, rushing game yeah. from rushing up in there. I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem on those end-of-round plays. I think West Virginia's defensive ends are both really good at, you know, getting out there and, and forcing them inside. Uh, but I do think it's it's predominantly on the defensive line this weekend for West Virginia to keep things in check uh, so yeah. our offense can have enough time to get things rolling. And a big part, like you said, come to play. That's one thing that killed us last yeah. weekend is, like, defense didn't come to play. And, I mean, you can give them a little bit of leeway because – I've said before, you know, they were carrying our team, and it's really hard to get your game in the mental, like uh, your mental game, right when you're trying your hardest and your offense isn't coming through to help you out at all. Right. And so, you know, coming to play is going to be another big part. If they come out flat again, then you're going to see us get down a little bit. And like I said, we got to come out hot. Our team's got to come out firing if we want a chance in this game. I don't think we're going to go into Waco and get down by 17 and be able to come back and even make it a game. Yeah. So. You know, you got to come out to play. You can't have a game like you did last time where you, you're you really relying on Dante Stills to come out there and save everybody. Yeah. Well, since you mentioned that, I think, you know, that's a big point for me as well. I think in a more broader sense of it, I think that uh, if the team comes out and looks flat this weekend, to me that's on Neil Brown. If, if, if you can't get your team two weeks in a row to get, mo- you know, to get motivated and up for a football game, then there's a, a major, major problem. Uh, and, you know, if everything that I've said good about the culture at West Virginia, if there's two games yeah. in a row in the Big 12 Conference that you can't get up for, some changes yeah. need to be made. And I don't know what That's a cultural are. issue, and that's right. been the one thing we haven't had to worry about. Exactly. The whole time that Neil Brown's been in Morgantown, that's the one thing I haven't worried about is the culture up there. But I do think that West Virginia will come out motivated this weekend. I don't think that will be the case at all. Uh, because, that, you know, I, I, 
I say things in a negative sense sometimes, but all in all, I do like Neil Brown. I still do like, you know, overall what he has got going for West Virginia moving forward. And I do believe that, you know, in the coming seasons, once he has his recruiting classes in place and his system in place with those recruits, that I think West Virginia will start to flourish and we'll see a lot more of what West Virginia can, West Virginia can really do as a full football team. Um, but speaking back to, to Baylor this weekend, um, we've talked about our X factors on both offense and defense. Um, I guess we'll go ahead and give our score predictions for this weekend. Uh, I, Jordan has sent me over his score prediction. I will uh, I will wait to give that one last <laughs> uh, just to, to add a little suspense. But we'll go ahead and we'll start with you, Bradley. What do you think it's going to be? Okay. Like I said, I'm I'm going into this with uh, – I, I think Jared Tegge is going to have one of his better games. And I think it is going to be a defensive battle. I think, you know, these are – uh, I heard somebody talk about today, I think it was during, it might have been Tony Creedy and the head coach show or something along those lines, talking about um, Baylor and West Virginia are some of the slowest offenses in the Big 12 right now. I mean, our tempo, I think we're the two slowest tempo offenses in the Big 12 right now, so you're definitely not going to see um, a lot of high-flying balls. You're not going to see a lot of, I mean, Baylor's definitely a more explosive team than we are. Um, but that being said, I think every offensive possession is going to be super crucial. And so the team that, you know, capitalizes on their uh, offense a little bit better is going to have the best chance to win this ball game. I think it's going to be a low scoring one. I think it's going to be a close one. Um, I, I'm going to give it to us. I think that Neil Brown's going to have a team ready, and I think Jerry Day is going to come out to play. And I'm going to keep it low. I think it's going to be 17-14. I think we're going to get it with another three. I'm going to, I can't give us any more than a three-point win because that's not what our season's been so far. Right, so. right. Yeah. I'm a lot yeah, like to you. 17-14. Uh, I, you know, I've, I really would love to pick West Virginia in this game, um, but looking at them on paper and just, I, I get that these two teams virtually are a mirror image of each other, and I do know that. But to me, I think that uh, West Virginia has played Oklahoma and they played Virginia Tech, and if you you know count Virginia Tech as a quality win, which I'm on the fence about right now with how they've played in the recent weeks. Still better than any win that Baylor has outside of the Big Twelve. Outside of the Big Twelve, but they did, they did beat you know Iowa State and they played you know Oklahoma State a lot better than what that score looked like. You know, and it wasn't a twenty to twenty four to fourteen game to me. It was more like a seventeen to fourteen looking game in my mind. If you watch that game, um, I but I don't think West Virginia is going to have the offensive firepower to just get it going. If if they were to show progression. In the last couple of weeks, I might be able to give it to them. But in my mind, they've just stayed stagnant, like I said. So um, i got to go 17 to 10. Um, I'm picking Baylor, um, and I hate to do that. And it hurts my heart to do that. But I really hope West Virginia comes out and proves me wrong this weekend. Uh, but, you know, I, I've – for a few games in a row now, I've picked West Virginia with, you know, with my heart instead of my brain. For yeah, sure, the best way I feel like I'm still it. doing it, but it's yeah. just like uh, it's like hard, I said, it's if it hard wasn't to pick for... against them. But you know, reality is reality, and West Virginia just does not show that they're getting any better on offense. And I hate you know I hate it because Letty Brown had so much potential coming into this season, but the offensive line just isn't getting it going. Um, but you know, I guess I'll go ahead and give you Jordan's uh, Jordan's prediction with that one, and his is 21 to 17 Baylor. Uh, he hasn't picked West Virginia to win any of the last three contests, uh, and I don't see him picking West Virginia to win any of them anytime soon if they don't show any progression. Uh, but 
You know, yeah. we're we're more realistic on here on the Country Roads webcast. We don't, we try not to put our blue and gold glasses on, um, and we try to just give straight facts. That way, that whenever West Virginia really is a powerhouse, you know that we're really telling you the truth, and we're not you know just telling you what we think is going to happen. So. Yeah, and then, like I said, I'm going off of it just the fact that like I really loved what I saw in the second half, even though it wasn't you know spectacular play. It's not like we came out and played flawless ball there in the second half, but it's just there were some more of the intangibles that we we've been missing that I saw some in the second half there. Oh, I absolutely and, agree. I think we played our best half of football offensively against Texas Tech in the second half. For sure. I mean, and it's just like uh, it's just like something I believed in right there. You know, it, it gave me a little bit of hope, even though we lost. And, you know, we come out and just don't show any of that again. We lose it again and we come out flat again. And I'm definitely going to be right there with you guys. And I don't see us, you know, it's going to be hard for me to pick us to win for a while. Yeah. 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 Hopefully if they, if they can get the ball rolling this weekend, which they really, really need to, to avoid going on, you know, a really bad three games skid, you know, potentially more than that going into the coming weeks. You know, I think West Virginia just needs to, you know, come together as a football team. We are needing that bye week in a bad way. Yes, we are, brother. Yes, we are. So hopefully by the bye week, we can be a little bit happier on this podcast. But unless you got anything else, Bradley, I think that's all I got on the Baylor Bears and and this matchup this weekend. Yeah. Outside of the Baylor Bears, though, uh, was a positive note, thinking about Neil Brown and his future at WVU. The reason why I'm still bought in is because his culture, like we talked about, and his recruiting class. And I've been really worried about that recruiting class with having such a messy year, not just play-wise, but also coaching-wise, because, I mean, kids are knowledgeable of that. And they're keeping up with it. And Schuler uh, uh, over there, at, uh, I think it's – I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name, but he went in through and he had contacted a bunch of our recruits, uh, Travis Lathan and them, and was asking them about their thoughts so far through West Virginia's rocky start. And it was really encouraging to see the players talk about it because not only – I'm sure he may have uh, you know, questioned them this way, but kids were still talking about how they fit into this scheme and where they're going to help out in this kind of uh, team and you know, kind of like where we're lacking and stuff like that. You know, Kids talk about, oh, well, when I come in, I'm going to be able to help with this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. And it was really encouraging to see them still really bought in on the program. So um, that confidence isn't wavering yet. But if Because if our recruiting class started to waver some and we started dropping kids and like we started losing some of that things that make it Snail Brown – Neil Brown, then that's when I would start to be worried. And yeah. so uh, keep an eye out for that. <laughs> you know, the second that starts happening is the second you see me start to pull myself off of the Neil Brown train because if you can't keep the kids bought in, then he's not going to be able to keep me bought in. Yeah, well, I'm the same way. I think that the right now that, you know, the only thing that makes me positive-minded for the future is the recruiting class and how well that recruiting class looks. And I think that if you look at what's in that recruiting class and the way that he wants to run this offense, I think that that really is what makes sense to me moving forward on how, you know, and why it makes me so confident about this team moving forward is because the player that he's got, the players that he's got coming in are more set for his offense than what he has now. You know, like we talk about it all the time, how Jared Dickey's not a mobile quarterback and Neil Brown needs a mobile quarterback in his offense for it to be successful. We've learned that he had it at Troy. And that's why they were, you know, a large part of their success came from their, you know, their quarterbacks being such a dual threat. Um, and so, like I said, you know, West Virginia hopefully can get it going this year to where they don't uh, lose those recruits. I know a lot of people were thinking that Nico might flop whenever we, you know, whenever he had that big game on national TV versus whenever we lost to Oklahoma, you know, the very next week. But, you know, 
I don't think it's so black and white for these recruits. You know what I mean? I don't, they're not going to decommit just because the team loses one, two, three games a season. You know, I, you, I mean, he was committed to Florida State, and like, let's not, you know, mix any words about right. how Florida State was not, you know, that's not on the greatest trajectory in the world. And he didn't leave because Florida State's bad. He left because Florida State recruited another kid in his class. Right, and he wants to be know, the starter. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think he's worried about how a team's performing right now. I think he's worried about what does he have around him, and he's great at recruiting people around him, and who does he have leading him in the way. And so I think that he's really bought in on us. And I, like, like we said on here, I'm not worried about Nico flopping anytime soon, especially decommitting from two schools is a bit you don't see that too often from kids. So I think he's right. pretty bought in, found his place, and he's he's ready to go. Well, I don't want to get off on a tangent because we do got to end soon, but like you mentioned earlier, you know, how youthful and young this offense really is. I think that's a very large positive for someone like Nico coming into an offense like this. And then you see even more offensive line recruits coming in next year. And then you have Caden Prather, who's, you know, going to do nothing but develop into a a better player as he gets better, you know, gets older. Sam James, Sean Ryan, all these guys that, you know, can do nothing but develop while Nico – you know, is there and nothing, and they can also help Nico. Yeah, you're going to have a lot more leaders on the team next year. I think right. that they're still having a hard time figuring that out. Everybody's looking at Deggy. Hasn't really stepped up to that challenge just yet. You Other know, than like last I said, week. I saw like I saw more of it last week. You know, yeah. which is you know encouraging. But yeah. you know, there's there's no real leaders on our offense at the side of the ball. Right. Well, hopefully we can get it figured out this weekend. Uh, you know, we're not too confident in the Country Roads webcast right now in the Mountaineers, <laughs> but hopefully. Moving forward, they can get it together. Uh, but I think that's all we got for today. I did want to mention before we go, guys, um, coming in up in the next few weeks, I'm going to be um, – and a couple of these guys are going to be joining me every now and then on the Country Roads webcast hoops version. Uh, we're actually going to be following the basketball team this year and uh, doing podcasts every week following the game and before the game, just like we do in football games, uh, except the episodes will be a little bit shorter, um, obviously because it is basketball season and a lot more uh, – a lot – more to cover from week to week so we split the episodes into into smaller versions and release more episodes throughout the week so you guys be on the the lookout for that and uh as always let's go mountaineers if you really want to know then come on let's go take a stroll down those